Welcome to A Shower of Roses. I'm Jenna, your host. On this podcast, we read together the readings for the upcoming Sunday Mass in the Roman Catholic Church, so that when you walk into Mass on Sunday, you feel enlightened and empowered with the knowledge of the Gospel that you need to have a meaningful and personal experience with Christ every week. I'm Catholic, but you certainly don't have to be to listen to this podcast. The Gospel is for anyone, anywhere, at any state of life. We're so glad you're here. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hallow. Hallow is the number one Catholic prayer app in the world, and they have so much new stuff going on. Firstly, if you have not heard, they now have the voice of Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in The Chosen, leading a ton of the prayers in the app. It's just so cool to hear his voice and pray with him and and hear him and have seen having seen him in the chosen it's just so cool to pray with jonathan rumi's voice and he is also leading a 30-day gospel challenge right now hallow has also uh, partnered with scott Hahn recently so you can hear him in the app there's tons of different types of prayers if you are hesitant about praying with your phone i totally understand but i promise it does not feel like you're praying with your phone once you turn on the prayer the world just really melts away. So I highly recommend checking out Hallow. You can visit hallow.com slash shower of roses for your free trial. Again, that's hallow.com, H-A-L-L-O-W.com slash shower of roses for your free trial. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sock Religious. I wanted to take a few minutes and share with you guys some of the new things that Sock Religious has been putting out there. You've heard me talk about them before. They are this totally unique brand that makes Catholic socks. They also make t-shirts and some of the other things they've been putting out recently. They have these magnets that you can put on your fridge and it's like a nativity set. They started making no-show socks, which is really exciting because I do love like the mid-thigh socks, but sometimes you want a pair of Catholic socks that you can't see over your sneakers, so they have those as well. And they also have baby onesies that are so cute. The ones I'm looking at right now say, dirty diaper, clean soul. So adorable. You guys, you have to take advantage of Sock Religious, especially with the holidays coming up. They are affordable and they are lovely and they are Catholic. And what a better way to walk around them with the saints on your feet. You can use the code ROSES at checkout for 10% off your order at SockReligious.com. That's ROSES at checkout for 10% off your order. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us again this week. Today we're going to be reading the readings for the third Sunday in Ordinary Time uh, in year C of the Roman Catholic Church, which is January 23rd, 2022. The first reading this week is from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, verses 2 to 4a, 5 to 6, and 8 to 10. Ezra the priest 
brought the law before the assembly, which consisted of men, women, and those children old enough to understand. Standing at one end of the open place that was before the water gate, he read out of the book from daybreak till midday in the presence of the men, the women, and those children old enough to understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood on a wooden platform that had been made for the occasion. He opened the scroll so that all the people might see it, for he was standing higher up than any of the people. And as he opened it, all the people rose. Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people, their hands raised high, answered, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and prostrated themselves before the Lord, their faces to the ground. Ezra read plainly from the book of the law of God, interpreting it so that all could understand what he read, what was read. Then Nehemiah, that is his excellency, and Ezra the priest scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people, said to all the people, Today is holy to the Lord your God. Do not be sad and do not weep, for all the people were weeping as they heard the words of the law. He said further, Go, eat rich foods and drink sweet drinks, and allot portions to those who had nothing prepared, for today is holy to our Lord. Do not be sad in this day, for rejoicing in the Lord must be your strength. So a little bit of context here as we go into this chapter 8. Before chapter 8, in chapter 7, um, there's a, a census happening. And it's, it says in verse 6 of chapter 7, These are the inhabitants of the province who returned from the captivity of the exiles whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away and who came back to Jerusalem and Judah to their own cities. So the people that Ezra are, is talking to right now are people who were exiled in the Babylonian exile and who now are able to come back to Jerusalem and Judah. And they, it's listed throughout. You can look at chapter 7. It's like this super long census. So then you get into chapter 8, which is what we just read. So the people are, this is supposed to be a joyful time because the people are finally coming back to their land, to where they're the, supposed to be, to Israel. And then they start hearing all the laws. And by the book of the law, we're ta probably talking about what we would consider now Leviticus, Numbers, the, really like the Pentateuch of the Bible. And that can be overwhelming. I mean, it, those books are huge, and it's just like law after law after law. So it's no wonder that the people are weeping as they hear the words of the law, and yet Ezra says to them, no, no, be joyful. Go have a party. Like, yeah, this can all seem overwhelming at first, but why do we have the law? It's because God loves us and wants us to live a full and happy and healthy life. And so, yeah, it can seem overwhelming, but this is supposed to be a joyful day. This is the day that they're returning to their lands from their captivity. And yeah, when we think about it, like, there's living this perfect Catholic life can be super intimidating and, and it's nearly impossible. It is not possible without the grace of God. So that's, I think, what Ezra's trying to say, especially in this last verse here. Rejoicing in the Lord must be our strength. So we find strength from rejoicing in the freedom that God gives us, even with the law. The law gives us true freedom because we're not going to be slaves to sin, right? It's like, 
God gives us these guidelines that are going to help us have the most free and the most happy and healthy and holy life. The second reading this week is from the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 12 to 13. Your priest might choose to read the shorter version, which is just verses 12 to 14 and then verse 27, but we will read the long version, verses 12 to 30. Brothers and sisters, as a body is one, though it has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so also Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free persons, and we were all given to drink of one spirit. Now the body is not a single part, but many. If a foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it does not for this reason belong any less to the body. Or if an ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it does not for this reason belong any less to the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God placed the parts, each one of them, in the body as he intended. If they were all one part, where would the body be? But as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you nor again the head to the feet, I do not need you. Indeed, the, part, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are all the more necessary, and those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we surround with great honor, and our less presentable parts are treated with greater propriety, whereas our more presentable parts do not need this. But God has so constructed the body as to give greater honor to a part that is without it so that there may be no division in the body, but that the parts may have the same concern for one another. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts share its joy. This is a really like groundbreaking teaching from St. Paul, and I think it's one that we've kind of taken for granted. There's a lot of songs about it, you know, in the hymnal that you find on Sunday, but it's really quite incredible the way that Paul equates the, the, the church as Christ as the head and the rest of us are each parts of the body. And the important thing to remember here is that a body is not fully functioning unless it has all of its parts, every single one of its parts. And like he says at the very end, if one part is missing, the whole rest of the body suffers, you know? Think about someone that's walking on crutches, like if they have a broken foot. It's not just the foot that's broken, the whole rest of the body suffers, you know, think about the strain that it puts on your other foot and then also on your forearms, you know, as you're carrying the weight of your body with your crutches, the whole rest of the body suffers uh, and is affected by that. And so that's really important to remember that those of us that consider ourselves not important or replaceable, you know, if you walk away from the church, the church is hurting without you. Those that have left us, those that are no longer interested, those that have been hurt by the church, the church is hurting without them. The church is missing something intrinsic to it, intrinsic to the church. 
because each body part is intrinsic to the body. Each part body part is necessary for the body to be fully functioning. And the church needs all of its members to be fully functioning. And I think that's why there's so, so much dysfunction in the churches because we're missing people. We are missing groups of people that need to be represented, you know, demographics that are not represented because they've walked away for one reason or another. And so we need to be fighting for them. We need to be fighting to get them back because we need to be a fully functioning church. And if you think you're not important just because you're a lay person, you're a, a stay-at-home mom, you're just like a, a middle-class person just like trying to get by, the church needs you. The church desperately desperately needs you and you are of so much value. The gospel this week is from Luke chapter 1 verses 1 to 4 and chapter 4 verses 14 to 21. Since many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as those who were eyewitnesses from the beginning and ministers of the word have handed them down to us, I too have decided, after investigating everything accurately anew, to write it down in an orderly sequence for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may realize the certainty of the teachings you have received." Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news of him spread throughout the whole region. He taught in their synagogues and was praised by all. He came to Nazareth, where he had grown up, and went according to his custom into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read and was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the passage where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Rolling up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue looked intently at him. He said to them, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. I love this reading because it's probably the biggest mic drop moment that you could possibly think of, but let's get to that in a second. So that we start off the, with this passage in chapter 1 with Luke introducing his gospel, which is cool because it gives us some really good context, which is that he he investigated everything personally himself. He's writing it down in an orderly sequence to the best of his knowledge. And also he's taking into account the word that's been handed down to him. And scholars know that Luke, Luke's gospel was not just his own um, original material. He's also drawing from Mark's gospel, which was the first one written. And then also from what scholars call the Q source, which is just a body of uh, a collection of writings about some things that Jesus did, like things, events in Jesus's life. So that's the case with both Matthew and Luke is they draw on Mark, they draw on Q, they draw on their own personal experiences, and that's how they write their three gospels, or uh, their gospels, their two gospels, Matthew and Luke. So 
then we cut right to chapter 4, verse 14, which is kind of, like, confusing. But what happened right before this was the temptation of Jesus in the desert and how the Spirit leads him out to the desert to be tempted by Satan three times. And then the end of that is when we jump right back in here where it says Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. So now knowing that the Spirit led him to the desert for that temptation, it makes sense why it says he returned in the power of the Spirit, right? So that whole time he's being tempted by the devil, the Holy Spirit is very much with him. And so then he goes to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, right? As any practicing Jew would do, such as Jesus. Jesus was a practicing Jew. And he reads this passage from Isaiah. So this is, these are, these words are not his, right? They're, he's quoting Isaiah. And then again, this mic drop moment. Today, the scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus is saying he is the one that's been anointed to bring glad tidings to the poor, to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind. And he's going to let the oppressed go free. That's huge. This is huge for anyone sitting in that synagogue listening to it because he's claiming to be not just a healer, but the Messiah and the Messiah that they were picturing, which was you know, a a savior, someone to save them from uh, the oppression that they were experiencing from the Roman Empire. My challenge for you this week is to go back to that second reading and examine what part of God's church are you? What body part of God's church are you? And, And I don't mean like, are you a finger or a, you know, a hand, but what's your role to play? in the church that we are living in and what can you do to help bring back those who are those body parts that we are missing. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And it would be awesome if you could give us a good rating and review on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Those ratings help us get this message of the gospel out to as many people as possible. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Shower of Roses and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash A Shower of Roses podcast. You can also check out A Shower of Roses podcast.com for more information about the show or to send us an email or feedback. We'll see you back here next Wednesday. God bless you and have a great week.